Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units stand by for on patrol with the PPD. Airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. Today is Friday, July 22nd, 2022. My name is Mike Wynn. I am one of the co-hosts and co-producers of this allegedly <coughs> weekly radio program. I'm also the chief of police here in the city of Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Uh, we have a new guest joining us in studio this morning, new guest representing a new unit. I'm excited to talk about that. But before we introduce our guest, let's get a check of the weather and talk about a couple news items, and then we'll start the show. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area today, sunny. A slight chance of showers and thunderstorms this afternoon. Hot with highs in the upper 80s. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain 20%. Tonight, partly cloudy in the evening, then becoming mostly clear. Lows in the lower 60s. Southwest wind around 5 miles per hour. Saturday, sunny. Hot with highs in the lower 90s. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. This, uh, this weather of late has reminded me of that scene in the beginning of the famous Robin Williams movie, Good Morning Vietnam. It's hot. Damn hot. <laughs> Don't get this hot in Brooklyn. I'm not going to do the rest of the bit because it's not appropriate and the FCC would come down on WTBR. But it is hot. Uh, dangerously hot. So take care. Be safe. Let's look at a couple news items. All of these news items this morning uh, I selected from this morning's Berkshire Eagle. The first one is not job related at all. It's more of a personal interest. I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, the school district is pitching the idea that Taconic High School would become an all-CTE high school. It's essentially the all-vocational school, career and technical classes, and all academic focus classes would slide over to PHS. As a proud Taconic grad, I'm conflicted about this, but I haven't had enough chance to digest it, so I'm going to reserve judgment until I hear more. Uh, I was college prep, CP, advanced study at Taconic, even though a lot of my classmates were CTE or what we would go to call vocational. And I thought that created a interesting and eclectic mix. And uh, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about dividing those two programs. But that's just me. So stand by. More to come on that. Uh, not job related for us, but government related. Uh, the inquiry into the purportedly and allegedly missing and or deleted Secret Service texts in connection with the January 6th probe is continuing. Um, from a law enforcement perspective, I don't want to get into the politics of this, from a law enforcement perspective, I'm just going to say technology is great until it's not. And if you use technology for your work and you don't have a plan to back it up, you're in trouble. Like, you know, we, we have to archive and back up our social media accounts because we have to be able to account for them even if there's a... Uh, even if there's a technological change and we're just a small municipal police department and we have to do it and I'm kind of shocked that the Secret Service doesn't or have to do it or didn't do it um, so let's see what happens there none of that stuff is ever gone it's just incredibly difficult to retrieve and sometimes when you retrieve it it's not readable because it's not it may be stored on the device as text but it may be stored on the server as data so we'll see um, not Strictly Pittsfield related, but we've been kind of having a hand in this. Our guest will actually, um, you know, has, has been kind of monitoring this in his new role. 
So uh, Brattleboro police are working a homicide, person of interest, uh, identified as a person of interest, not as a suspect, in connection with that homicide, had ties to the city of Pittsfield. Um, we actually were getting a lot of inquiries about previous arrests by the Pittsfield Police Department, but that person of interest is deceased. Uh, he got into an altercation with Brattleboro and Vermont State Police and was shot after lunging at police officers with a knife. So we don't know what our involvement in that investigation will be going forward because there is no connection with that case, just with one of the people. So we'll see more to come on that as well. Um, strictly related to us, and unfortunately, we had to hold some information for a little bit just because of timing and, and jurisdictional issues, and that caused some confusion. But um, tragically, we were investigating and, and pursuing a missing persons investigation on Monday that gave information that uh, we may have had a young uh, uh, missing 19 year old who may have uh, gone into Silver Lake and then uh, during the search that was reported um, after we concluded the search on Tuesday um, uh, bystanders discovered uh, that that young man's body in the water on Wednesday and uh, that has been turned over to the the district attorney's office in the office of the chief medical examiner. So a tragic outcome for that. Our condolences and uh, to his family and thoughts and prayers for them as well. So that's enough of the news. I did not mention this morning that we are ably assisted on the control board this morning by Lieutenant Matthew Hill, Cops Bureau Commander. Good morning, Lieutenant. Good morning, Chief. How are you today? Not bad, actually. <laughs> this has been an insane week, both um, professionally and personally. There's just been a lot going on before we got on the air uh, talking to our guest. I had to send a text message out to a supervisory group the other night. Uh, it had nothing to do with work, but for um, some personal stuff, my wife and I had to head north in the middle of the night. A friend of ours was suddenly at the hospital, and she didn't have any family with her. Her family was out of town, so we wanted to make sure she was okay and go be with her. Uh, so left just after 11 uh, Wednesday night, didn't make it home until yesterday morning, just before uh, 0400. And back in the day when I was running with the team, call outs, you know, five hour operation, two and a half, three hours of sleep, get up, start the day. No factor. That is not the case anymore. I was done yesterday. Done. I had one department head meeting, came in for that, went right back home. It, even with a short day, I think I was in bed by 8 o'clock last night. Can't do it. <laughs> I am not 30 years old anymore. Yeah, that's tough. That's a lot of yeah. a lot of years of doing that. Yeah. Stuff to I, I, don't, I don't miss the constant call-outs. Yeah. All right. So our guest this morning is relatively recently promoted and supervisor slash commander of the brand new recently created digital evidence unit. Sergeant Jeff Farina. Good morning, Chief. Good morning, Sergeant. Glad to be here. Appreciate How are you, you having me? I'm doing well. I, uh, adjusting to the new role of uh, Sergeant in a new unit. It's, it's a lot, but we're uh, we're doing well. I'm proud of our team for the accomplishments we've already uh, had. I, and are you really adjusting? <laughs> it's because uh, I poke my uh, head down the hall every once in a while to see what's going on down there and you all have a deer in the headlights look every time i check on that unit we're uh it's a lot it's I'm, as i'm sure you can probably attest to a new unit to you know creating it is it's a lot to take on and i have you know good help in the guys that we have as long as as well as the leadership from former captain trapani as well so but um 
it's, a, it's definitely a lot to take on. I feel like I had a list of things when I came back from a leave that I was on, and uh, I'm not sure if I've accomplished any of those, those tasks <laughs> since returning. That I understand. That I understand, because everybody else has tasks for you, too. They, they don't care about your list. That's <laughs> true. All right. So before we get to the DEU, um, normally when we have a guest on, we, we, you know, we go back in time a little bit. We wind back the clock. So let's do that first, and we'll learn a little about you and your career, and then after we kind of get up to speed, then we'll shift gears and talk about the unit and your hopes for the unit and why uh, we thought it was necessary this year to create the unit. So introduce yourself. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? What'd you do growing up? How'd you get to the department? Sure. So as the chief mentioned, my uh, as you mentioned before, my name is Jeff Arena. So I've been with the department for uh, going on eight years now. I did uh, about three years on patrol. I've been in the detective bureau for about five years. And uh, as you mentioned, recently promoted to sergeant uh, uh, supervisor of the digital forensic evidence unit in the detective bureau. Uh, grew up in Pittsfield, born and raised in Pittsfield, went to Pittsfield schools. I'm right there with you with the Taconic uh, high school grad, so I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I had just learned that this morning when you just mentioned it. I don't know how, how I feel about that as well with it going to an all-CT school. Um, as far as law enforcement, so I went to school at Westfield State, took some classes in law enforcement, and um, you know, I worked at the local supermarket and uh, loss prevention for a while, and then recently, uh, and shortly after that, became a police officer for Pittsfield. During my time, I, I grew up in a time when computers were there really hasn't been a time in my life when computers weren't a thing so i know there's others that tell me of a time which i've never seen it when the computers weren't a thing but i don't know of that so this time. is a, this is a complete aside i was listening to a podcast while i was getting ready this morning on the way in here and uh, one of the hosts of the podcast is uh he's turning 40 this year his his birthday is this week and so his co-hosts did like a top 10 things that happened the year you were born thing so it's 1982 and 1982, the Time Magazine Person of the Year was the personal computer because it was the year PCs went mainstream. It was the year that PCs became affordable and accessible and portable. And I remember that. Like, I think it was right around the time, probably, maybe a little before that, 1980, 1981, that my mom got my brother and I our first PC, which was a Timex Sinclair. And it didn't even have a keyboard. It had, like, a, pu a push pad. It had, like, pressure buttons. Um, so I was nostalgic. But... You know that I was, I was in middle school. So now I can think about somebody. You know the <laughs> difference in our age, and then you don't remember a time before that. Yeah, there's no no recollection. There, so yeah, no time in my life where I remember not having a computer or a cell phone or anything. This I remember when cell phones were a little bit larger. But um, yeah. So it's I've always grown up with tech. But you know, going to school, I actually it's funny that Lieutenant Hill's here. I don't know if he recalls, but. He was my D.A.R.E. officer in uh, elementary school when I was at formerly Highland Elementary School, so now uh, Capeless. Um, and, you know, I always wanted to help the community out in Pittsfield. Like I said, I'm from here, and I you know, decided to come into law enforcement and become a police officer. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time on patrol. I really, really enjoy my, um, you know, what I do in the detective bureau, working major investigations. And uh, I think this is a, it's a great step forward for the police Pittsfield PD for the digital forensic evidence unit and I'm excited about that opportunity all right so let's stay with the personal stuff for just a couple more minutes um went to Taconic when yes. did you graduate 2008 okay what'd you do in school uh so I actually took some I mostly uh prepped for high school when I was going to 
I knew I was going to go to Berks Community College after uh, Taconic. I went to Berks Community College for two years and then transferred out to Westfield State. But Shout out to VCC. You're welcome, Christina. <laughs> I honestly, I have, I have everything good to say about BCC. They're a great, you know, connection to where I went after that for Westfield State and then uh, to UMass Lowell as well for my master's degree. But uh, in school, I took some. A majority of my classes were computer uh, related, and then as I went to BCC, I. Uh, began to take some computer-related, but also some criminal justice classes as well before transferring out to Westfield State. She's listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, BCC to Westfield State. Westfield State, then you came on the job with us. We were on the job when you went for your master's? Correct, yes. Okay. So, and then you had already mentioned you came to us from loss prevention. Big Y, right? Yes. And strangely enough, your brother also worked with you there. And now he works with us. Yes. You know, we've had many other occupational pipelines that have fed the Pittsfield Police Department, primarily the Berkshire Hunting House of Corrections. But you guys are the like the first duo to come out of loss prevention at the big Y. <laughs> it, we, we probably, there, there was a time when I think Pittsfield PD was responding three, four, five times a day to big Y while we were working there. So we got to know a lot yeah. of the officers well. And uh, it was definitely a good good to have that communication with the department and we'll we'll get to this as we transition into your your current role in the department but coming to and i don't think that most of our listeners and viewers would understand this coming to us from retail loss prevention in particular grocery loss prevention you probably were a lot more tech savvy when it comes to things like video and digital evidence than our average candidate coming to us direct out of the program we probably got more you probably trained and educated more of our patrol officers who were helping you with large loss cases than they educated you. Yeah, there's a lot of, the uh, majority of it is uh, CCTV or video surveillance, and then um, utilizing the different computer systems to complete investigations, let's say for you know types of loss or track downs. Uh, it, you know, somebody comes in multiple times, use maybe forged credit cards or whatever, you know, using computer systems to be able to track all of those purchases and everything so that mixed in with the cctv it's uh it was definitely a technologically it was it was a, a big plus for myself i can say that so that's a firm basis so where'd you go to the academy i went to the western mass academy at uh stick at stick okay uh was lieutenant madalena one of your staff instructors he was yes he was okay so after my time, we don't have anybody on staff down there right now. I'm trying to correct that as they get ready to make their move to their new location. Uh, so you got out of the academy. What class? The 51st I was. Right. And who was your primary field training officer? My primary field training officer was uh, now Detective Michael Murphy. How did he do? Great. I, I'd recommend. Well, he's no longer a field training officer. He's a detective, but he was a fantastic uh, field training officer. So he was your primary, and then you guys were detective partners before you got promoted. <laughs> you basically right. have desks right next to each other. Right. Yeah. I don't know that that's ever happened before. <laughs> yeah, he, he was. I know we talked about it a lot. I learned a lot from him, and uh, I still do every day. <laughs> so after field training, what was your first permanent assignment? I worked uh, day patrol shift, down the day, day shift, so... It was a learn a lot. You definitely learn a lot in the day shift on patrol for sure. So, back, right back down to the big Y. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's true. <laughs> yep. So I, uh, they were happy to see me there when I did show up. But unfortunately, if I were going there, it might not have been for a good reason. That's right. It's, it's a, that's a busy, busy location for us. A lot of our larger retails are busy, particularly during the day and early evening shift. All right. So you're in patrol for about three years. 
then you decide you want to change your pace. So I, I always enjoyed as a patrol officer uh, receiving an investigation and trying to see it to the fullest that I could. It's not always possible on patrol because you're going call to call. There's really there's not a lot of free time for our patrol officers, unfortunately, to really dig deep into an investigation if they can. Um, I enjoy doing that. I like to see the investigations, you know, through as far as I could before trying to send it to the detective bureau. And I, you know, as a detective now, that's that's what we do. We see that we we're one of the few in the state that investigate every single crime, you know, that can happen. So, so we had a coffee with a cop earlier this week um, that you were at one last month and bring it back this month, but it came up again because we had new attendees. And so we talked about this uh, both. You know the creation of your new unit but also the the mission focus of our detective bureau and we've talked about this on the program before but i think it it bears repeating because again i don't think a lot of our viewers and listeners understand this the pittsfield police department are one of a handful i think it's six it might only be five municipal police departments in the commonwealth that retain and maintain jurisdiction for the investigation of our own homicides uh it's like us boston worcester Fall River, I don't, I'm, I'm missing one or two. Um, for most communities in the Commonwealth, the minute an investigation indicates that uh, unattended death, suspicious, is potentially a homicide, they cede jurisdiction, they step back. That means that they may continue to support, but they turn the case over in its entirety to the state police detective unit assigned to their DA's office. We don't do that. We maintain concurrent jurisdiction. We work hand-in-hand hand with the state police detective unit, and we couldn't do these cases without them. But it means that a Pittsfield police detective is usually the case agent or the lead case officer on the case. And in order to be able to do that, which we want to keep doing because we're very proud of that and we, we have highly, highly qualified, trained investigators, that means we have to be constantly improving our capabilities. So not only do we have a fully functioning detective unit that maintains concurrent jurisdiction in, in extreme cases, we also maintain our own crime lab with two full-time crime scene investigators who do pretty much all evidence analysis short of ballistics and we say serology, but blood, right? If it's not ballistics and or fluids, they do that. So they do tool marks, they do tracks, they do casts, they do print comparisons, uh, they do DNA collection. Um, so it's it's a highly capable investigative unit. And that's probably a good setup for us to segue to where we you are now. So we're going to make this pivot, but I'm going to talk about the, you, you want to just mention the last part, personal stuff. Right? So Captain Trupani convinces me and the rest of the command staff that we need this capability. And we can get into some of the justification for that as we transition. And we put the funding for the training and the equipment for the new unit in this year's budget request while we were developing the budget last spring. And we've already talked about the budget process and kind of <coughs> what happened this year, but it gets funded. So we're in the process of standing up this new unit as the budget debates are going on, the hearings are being held. we got to make the move, and we decide that we're going to create the unit and we're going to promote you and pick you to be the supervisor. And so we send the orders out, and you're on leave. <laughs> <laughs> Good timing, huh? It, because you're, you're on family medical leave. You just had a baby. Right. Right? Yep. So is that your first? Second. Second. Yep. Okay. Second. And I just I wanted to parse that for a little bit because 
All of our officers have lives, right? They have lives, they have family, they have spouses, they have children, they have siblings, they have parents they care for, and the department doesn't care. Now, I say that facetiously. Of course we care, right? We worry about all of our people. But the work doesn't stop. We can't not create this unit because the sergeant is inconvenienced, right? He's So we figured it out, right? And right. most of what we figured out is we could delay some stuff, but we had to start some stuff in your absence. We could ask you to come in and work a little bit of overtime, right? So we had to make it work. And the reason I wanted to kind of parse this part of the story is, to your credit, you made it work. You know, back in the day, if if we were trying to do something like this and the person that we were going to tap to be for be in charge of it was on extended leave, the response would have been, we'll do it when they come back. And we'd have lost three or four months that we didn't have time to lose, right? So we went with plan B and we worked it out. We picked a couple of detectives, including your former field training officer, <laughs> to get the training. And we started putting the orders together to get the equipment. Uh, you mentioned former police captain, retired police captain, Mark Trapani, who's now working with us in a non-enforcement capacity. He actually identified a nonprofit, the uh, Operation Underground. Um, it's a it's a nonprofit entity that works in um, child sex crimes, and they fund technological capabilities for departments that are increasing this capacity. So he worked with them, sought a grant. They actually funded uh, a good chunk of the equipment that we're going to need to increase these capacities or these capabilities. And when you came back, we were kind of in a position that you could hit the ground running and we could get started. Right. Uh, the other thing, as we make this transition, we'll, so we'll talk about why the unit and what your hopes for the unit as we get ready to go into our station break. Um, but I mentioned this at coffee with a cop. I don't know, it's Wednesday, I think. And this boggles my mind. Like, first of all, we talked on the show in the past. The department is technologically dependent. We have a lot of tech from our government issue cell phones to our mobile data terminals in the car to our desktops to all the special measurement equipment that traffic uses to the crime scene stuff that they use to map scenes. We have a lot of tech. And that means over the last 15 years, I've signed purchase orders for a lot of computers. A lot. But I have never signed a purchase order for a computer anywhere near what you guys asked for mm. for this new unit. Yeah, it's a, it's a big one, that's for sure. And then it showed up, and it was on a pallet. <laughs> and I think it was uh, smart, smart Gary, G-Money, sends me a picture. It's here. And so I'm like, oh, my God, this thing is massive. It should be for what we paid for it. <laughs> right. And then they sent me another picture, and I opened the box, and in the middle of the box is this other little box. And then they opened that box, and it was a computer. <clears throat> it's bigger than any computer I've ever seen before, but after the two pictures of the boxes, still disappointing. <laughs> right, yeah. We'll say that they packaged it very well. They we'll packaged say. <laughs> it very well. <laughs> um, we talked about computers getting smaller. I haven't seen yeah. It seems like some of the computers are getting bigger again, which is the case with this one. Well, I think <laughs> we were talking about, I mean, there's, what, 12 exhaust fans on this one PC, right? Mm -hmm. it, I, I think that that's the thing. The processes are getting smaller, but the smaller they get, the hotter they get. So the cabinets are getting bigger to provide more heat dissipation. And this, you can hear it from two rooms away. And I'm, 
I'm pretty sure like we could fly spacecraft with this thing. <laughs> you can see it glowing probably through the door. Yeah. For the, some of the, the light gear that's on it. So. And it's been kicking off so much heat, we had to put a work order in to put special <laughs> ventilation in that office. Right. We got it. We got to make sure we keep the uh, keep that thing running. It doesn't overheat. So I don't know how the crime scene investigators are going to feel about this. They've been complaining about the heat and the ventilation in that office space for 40 years. We didn't pay any attention. The computer shows up. We immediately drop a work order. <laughs> Building maintenance shows up the next day. So I'll say one of them will be, uh, I won't mention any names, one of them will be happy that we're having an AC unit in there. One of them may not be as happy. A little <laughs> bit colder. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right, so we've got about six minutes left before we have to take a station break, and we've been meeting and getting acquainted with Sergeant Arena, but now we've kind of set the stage for the creation of this new digital forensic evidence unit. We we have to decide. Is it the digital forensic evidence unit or the digital evidence unit? It changes every week. Right, so we had a meeting uh, about a week ago. uh, I'd say about a week ago with the members of the unit. The state police, we we can talk about a little bit, we... They utilize, utilize the digital evidence unit. We are going to utilize the digital forensic evidence unit. All right, just so we can distinguish. All right, that's it. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's final. That's different than what it was in our supervisory meeting last week. Right. <laughs> I'm putting the stamp on it. DFEU. Right. Okay, so this is one of the things we talked about at Coffee with a Cop. Um, I've been a police officer for for a long time, longer than I care to think about. And when I got on the job, if as a patrol officer, we were working a case and we needed to do some technological analysis, that was odd. It was a weird, weird thing. Like, I've been a cop long enough that I actually made cases and worked a case by pulling an atlas or a a paper map off of somebody's passenger seat and finding their route on it. We're not going to clear cases like that anymore. And so what I said in the Coffee with a Cop the other day was that I don't care if it's a homicide, which we would expect, right? We've seen this evolve over the last 27 years, we would expect, or a stolen bicycle. At some point during our early investigation, some piece of tech is going to come into play. It may be a cell phone. It may be... um, an Apple AirTag, it may be a laptop, it may be a Ring doorbell camera, it may be cell phone video, it may be CCTV from the big Y. Somewhere in that investigation, tech is going to come into play. And because that's the new reality, and we had had a uh, conversation with somebody the other day, they lost, probably stolen, a smartwatch an Apple Watch, and they didn't report it to us right away. They tracked it down using Find My Phone first. So now they've got digital logs and they've got screenshots, and now this is a whole different bunch of digital evidence. And I'm not going to say that that's not a significant case, but it's not earth-shattering, right? It's not a crime of violence. It's not something that we're going to kick up to the detective bureau. So even patrol officers who take a report like that have to figure out how am I going to process and handle this digital evidence, and who's going to help me because they didn't teach me this in the academy. So we have seen over the last several years, met, you know, met a few years, but definitely in the last couple of years, we need this capability, uh, not just for major crimes, for everything. So you guys decided, I, don't, I wasn't present for these meetings. At some point in the last year, year and a half, you guys decided to send Captain Trapani down the hall to make the hard push. <laughs> he, 
it helped that Captain Trapani he's definitely uh, he's tech savvy himself, so he he could ex- he did a good job. And I think he was probably one of the better people to explain what and why we were asking for it or why we needed it. And to your when you mentioned tech was it was odd to have tech involved in your cases when you first started. It is it's complete opposite now. It's odd to not have technology involved in a case now, regardless of what it is. Yeah, the simplest things, right? And it's not just the so. One of the things that, big shout out to Captain Trapani, right? Because he, he pushed for a lot of changes and a lot of evolution because of his unique background. And so he was the detective commander for the last several years of his career. But he came, he came from community policing with me. We, we were partners in road bike patrol together. He went from there to the drug unit, from there to crime scene. And then at one point was a supervisor in the traffic unit, right? So... Every piece of tech that we have in every division, he had some comfort or familiarization with. And it doesn't matter if he was working as the detective commander and he was advocating for us to do something with some of the stuff we'll talk about, or he was the traffic sergeant and he was advocating for Burla, which is technology we use to help us access the, the recorders, the black boxes during traffic investigations. He had technical knowledge about all of that stuff and was trained as an operator in much of that stuff. So he could kind of pull the pieces and, and link them together. But it all ended up with digital evidence. It right. didn't matter what it was. It's all going to end up in the same place. And it all has to be analyzed and it all has to be overlaid. It all has to be secured and counted for with chain of custody. Um, and for major cases, we were getting good case support from the digital evidence unit with the state police. Um, but the, the minor stuff, through no fault of their own, it's just overwhelmed. The minor stuff wasn't going to get their attention. And if it wasn't their case, it's going to be low on their priority list. Right. So over the last several years, we realized something had to change. So we decided we were going to change it. Right. And after we come back from our station break, we're going to talk about what we did and how we're going to do it and what we hope going forward. So you have been listening to a new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM. Today is Friday, July 22nd, 2022. We're going to get another check of the weather, listen to some PSAs, and we'll come back and continue to talk to Sergeant Arena about the new Digital Forensic Evidence Unit. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Today, sunny. A slight chance of showers and thunderstorms this afternoon. Hot with highs in the upper 80s. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain 20%. Tonight, partly cloudy in the evening, then becoming mostly clear. Lows in the lower 60s. Southwest wind around 5 miles per hour. Saturday, sunny. Hot with highs in the lower 90s. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union, proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal, with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair. BeFair is one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. If you're looking for services for a loved one or are interested in caring for the people we support, visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. 
Support for WTBR comes from Berkshire Community College. BCC provides access to higher education to everyone in Berkshire County and beyond, offering more than 50 high-quality programs, small class sizes, and an affordable education to help their students of all ages achieve their dreams. At BCC, their middle name is Community. And from County Ambulance providing quality, professional, efficient medical care and medical transportation services to the citizens of Berkshire County. Online at countyamb.com. Hi, this is Officer Darren Derby with the Pittsfield Police Department. Folks, unfortunately, drug use is a driving factor for a lot of crime taking place in our city. The most prevalent crime being theft. Please, take the extra time to ensure that your belongings are safe inside your vehicle. Do not leave anything of value in plain sight. Hide your belongings. Place them in your trunk or take anything of value out of the vehicle. Always keep your vehicle locked. Don't make it easy for them. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Hi, this is Officer Darren Derby with the Pittsfield Police Department. We all have busy lives and we're in a hurry to get where we need to go. While driving, people are eating, drinking, talking, putting on makeup, doing their hair, checking social media, texting each other, all while the dog sits on their lap. The result is running red lights, stop signs, speeding, and finally crashing. Distracted driving is illegal. You can be ticketed or criminally charged. Please share the road and pay attention. Let's make sure everyone gets where they're going safely. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Good morning. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. Simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television and, and neglected to say at the top of the hour, also available on all of your popular podcast platforms. My name is Mike Wynn. I'm the Chief of Police here in the city of Pittsfield, co-host and co-producer of this purportedly re- weekly radio program. Got Lieutenant Matt Hill, sound engineer extraordinaire, working the board. Good morning, Lieutenant. Good morning. Hello, hello. And our guest in studio this morning is Sergeant Jeff Arena, commander of the newly created Digital Forensic Evidence Unit. Before the station break, we were talking about some of the increase in the in the types and the variety of digital evidence that the department is required to collect and process now. We're going to shift gears a little bit and talk about the creation of the unit, um, why the detectives and investigators thought that we should you know, have this type of capability ourselves. Um, what we've done, what steps we've taken to get the unit stood up in a short period of time, and where the unit's going to go from here. So, Sergeant, talk about your new unit. So before I get into that, I just wanted to, um, my phone's blowing up in the break here, that we do, apparently we can still use paper maps if we need to, and there's one in our in the, de- the detective bureau who prefers that, and he always gets on me because I don't actually, I honestly, and I'm sad, sad to say that I don't, I probably couldn't use a paper map if you gave it to me right now. So we can still use them, but it's rare. (laughs) So this is funny, but I'm going to say this because we've talked about this in the supervisory roundtables for uh, the last several uh, quarters. So I keep in the back of my cruiser rolled up, laminated, hard copy maps of the entire city. Laminated and I have dry erase markers uh, that we can work on them. And once early on in the pandemic, the it was actually a case I worked with Sergeant Hill when we had the motor vehicle, motorcycle crash out on Outer West of Zetonic Street, which we've used as an after action in our supervisory roundtables. We had so much going on that it wasn't timely or efficient to pull out my ruggedized laptop and pop that map up and create it. So I taped the map to the hood of my cruiser and we put the traffic control points in on there. And then just recently when we had the shots fired incident where we thought the fugitives went into the park, it was raining. And it, was, it wasn't going to be 
comfortable or safe to try to work that stuff with our existing tech. So taped the laminated maps to the side of the cruiser and worked it on that. Um, you always got to be able to fall back. <laughs> you always got to have a reserve. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but I tell, I tell all of our supervisors, if you don't have paper maps in your cruiser, you need to walk over to engineering and grab a set. I think I was provided a map when I first started, first day on patrol by, my, by Mike Murphy, my uh, field training officer. And I honestly, I probably put, stowed it away. And I'm sure, I said, I'm not sure what to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> but to get into the uh, to digital evidence, it's we spoke about it before in, in cell phones, cellular technology, not even particularly cell phones, but you know, really every technology that there is. So it's video surveillance there's there is cell phones laptops any type of digital devices any any you know watches anything really that you can think of nowadays people you know, shoes have digital devices in them you know um clothing and this and that it, it's all there it's not going away and it's all you know to complete our investigations to the fullest that is of course something that we need to be able to uh analyze to hold on to as evidence and then to be able to use that investigations because we that's our our goal is to complete investigations to the fullest i'm not afraid to say because it's not gonna you know open any secrets to anybody who would be listening is we could cell phones could tell pretty much everything about somebody's life we could whether you know it or not we can tell when you're driving places where you're probably driving uh where you eat breakfast what you like for breakfast what time you go to bed what time you wake up your heart rate some circumstances so we can really learn everything there is about somebody uh, based on their cell phone, their cellular devices. That's extremely important for investigations. Uh, CCTV, ring, you know, ring doorbells, people's home video surveillance is extremely important. And with the major investigations that we do, it, it was it was very important for us to be able to to, to tackle that on our own, not only for chain of custody and, and keeping evidence in in house with us, but also our you know, our team. Uh, working on those extractions and evaluating that evidence on, you know, on our own as well. Um, we had a meeting with the state police's detective unit, which is prior to the, uh, you know, forming the digital evidence or digital forensic evidence unit. I'm sorry. We sent a good majority of our digital evidence to their office. We had a meeting with them uh, prior to the creation of the unit with Pittsfield PD. And surprisingly, I think to all of us, they had mentioned that we were about 50% of their digital evidence that they were dealing with. And that's a, they're countywide and we, and we are providing half of their work. Right. So let's, let's just you know, pause here for a second and, and unwrap this or peel this onion back. Cause we don't talk about this a lot on our radio program and we haven't had reps from the state police detective unit on the show. And that's maybe something we should think about going forward. So every County has a district attorney's office and the district attorney, prosecutor, chief prosecutor for, for the counties, they, they handle, you know, the post arraignment stuff with the charges. But because of the way that county government was before it was eliminated, structured, and because of the DA's jurisdiction in suspicious death and homicides and unintended deaths, by tradition and habit, every district attorney's office also has a state police detective unit assigned to the DA. And the state police detective unit, we used to call CPAC, uh, it's, little, it's, a, it's kind of a strange hybrid entity because they are troopers and trooper commanders who are responsible through their chain of command to the colonel of the state police. But they're assigned 
to the state police DU by the Bureau of Investigations or the, the Division of Investigations out at state police headquarters. But once they're on site, they work for the district attorney. They're the district attorney's criminal investigators. And in our state police DU, uh, we, we, we kind of divide it into the two sides. We say we have the major crime side and the drug side, but it, it's, it's all under the same command. Right? They all report to the same uh, lieutenants. And it used to be the Berkshire County Drug Task Force and then the state police or CPAC unit, right, the, the major crimes investigation unit, and it's evolved. So now it's the Berkshire County Law Enforcement Task Force. It, they, they do all kinds of major cases, including drugs, but they started building out this digital evidence unit, this, this digital evidence c- capability. Because it's a task force, many of the people who are assigned to the SPDU are troopers. They come to the field, they're assigned by or the investigations. But not everybody. It's task force. So we have task force officers that are assigned there. And they may come from other municipal police departments, full-time task force officers. We have a couple departments in the county that are the officers assigned there full-time. Or they may be what we consider collateral task force officers. They work, say, for our drug unit, but they carry county credentials and they work with them hand-in-hand. Or they may be part-time task force officers. They get X amount of hours a month and overtime to go work cases with the task force. And for whatever reason, as the state police detective unit, digital evidence unit grew, a lot of the people who were assigned to the digital side were TFOs. They were either local cops or sheriff's officers, sheriff's deputies, who had gained this capability and were doing a lot, not all of, but a lot of the work. And for reasons that they just happen, it's cyclical, a lot of them got recalled to their home agencies. They had to go back, right? Their, their agency's primary mission needed the assistance, and so they rescinded the task force agreements and that unit went from handling all of the digital evidence for the entire county 50 percent of which we were providing with i don't even know how many bodies they had at that full but they were still carrying the lion's share of our work with fewer people uh and it's just that's not fair right i mean we appreciate it but it's not fair so we had to find a different way forward right so the captain packs up all of his evidence and comes down the hall to my office (laughs) we 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 will never lose that uh, partnership with the with CPAC or with the law enforcement task force with the state police. There, like you mentioned earlier, we work hand in hand with them on all of our major investigations. They, you know, so we will always keep that partnership. But it, it just wasn't fair for us the amount of for them the amount of digital evidence we were providing them, and, and when we could now we we are taking that back to our department, and doing it on our own. So you were talking about how much data. Or information. It's not just the data. How much information you can get off of devices. And I've come to appreciate a lot in talking to our investigators and in some of the stuff that I've seen get reported through some of our cases about it's just, like you said, it's everything. Habits, locations, patterns. But sometimes it's not even stuff that you would think about. Sometimes it's not. It's inadvertent. And I remember a story I heard a couple years ago, just, again, for our viewers and listeners, just normal things you engage in that you may not ever consider that if somebody wants then they're paying attention to. So it was reported several years ago, I think it was right at the beginning of the pandemic, that foreign intelligence entities were, they weren't hacking, they were just tracking uh, the fitness trackers of our military personnel, particularly on Strava. So people would create profiles on Strava, they're in the military, they're active duty, they're proud of the service, their ID picture is them in their Army PT gear, the Marine Corps PT gear, they've got their username, 
you know, you can infer from the username that they're a ranger or whatever. And foreign intelligence entities were monitoring these accounts because these people were forward deployed. And what was happening is they were logging their runs on Strava and foreign intelligence agencies were mapping the perimeters of our forward operating positions because the runs would show up and they just, okay, that's the perimeter of this base in Afghanistan. That's the perimeter of this base in Iraq. And they knew exactly where our fence lines were because the off, you know, the, the military personnel were just going out for their run and tracking it and boom, they mapped it. Yeah. During the height of the Cold War, foreign intelligence agencies would have paid tens of thousands of dollars for that type of information. And now it's free on the net. Right. And it, that's part of some of the training, the important training that you know, some of the members go through. But unintentional data that people may not know or you know, it's not intended to, for themselves to, you know, they don't think they're providing any type of evidence. But it's important you know, for us to learn or to know. You know you're going to get lunch the same place every day or like you mentioned you're walk, you're taking a walk somewhere we can a lot of data you can obtain from that so and i don't want people to think we're it's we're kind of frightening them, but if it's evidentiary then it's helpful to us well if it's evidentiary we're gonna have to get uh, you know a court approved warrant before right. we do that so but i mean that just i think people should be mindful of what they're voluntarily putting out there mm-hmm. you know, i have fitness tracking apps my wife and I get to see my workouts. <laughs> right. I wear an Apple Watch, and yeah. it's great. And I would, you know, I, I think a lot of people do, and it's very helpful. I won't stop wearing it, but I'd, you know, be careful with who you share it with. Yeah. I agree. My, my, my wife's the only one who knows my workout routine. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. So we decided to create the unit. Uh, Captain Trapani is getting ready to retire, but he wants to, you know, he wants to help us foster the creation of this unit he agrees to stick around and do some consulting with us you're selected as the commander and we got to pick a couple people to get trained up so would we get two for you to start we've got detective mike murphy and then you mentioned uh i hadn't heard the g money um game before (laughs) but he is uh he is in that unit as well along with captain trapani We had a quick fumble of the uh, headphones here. Sorry, we're experiencing technical <laughs> difficulties. I just knocked my headphones off of my head. That's right. Yeah, so... When um, I mentioned G-Money, your head went back and you yeah. lost the headphones, I guess. <laughs> I know where you were going with that. <laughs> that was hilarious. All right, so yeah, Mr. Mun is uh, is also technically assigned to the unit. We've um, we worked out a way that he can work with these guys and deploy in the field with these guys. I'm kind of excited about that. He's got a lot of technical expertise. Uh, he's done a lot around inventorying available uh, camera areas of, of coverage for us so um the then we had to both acquire the software and then the training to use the software which ironically this time usually you know the software costs us a ton of money and the training you know you get that up front and then there's some maintenance stuff this was almost backwards the training was almost more expensive right. than than the equipment where the software was the equipment was expensive Right, it's it's very specialized training. It's definitely necessary. We could have, we could purchase every type of hardware in the world. Nobody knows how to use it. It's going to do us no good. That's right. The you know, it's good, but it's also maybe a downfall for technology. It changes. We could talk about something in technology right now. right this minute, I could walk out the door and it'd be different than what we just yeah, talked absolutely. about. Yeah, Yeah. So it's uh, training in every aspect of law enforcement is important to keep up to date on it. Technology is is no you know no, no different than that because you need to be up to date. 
yearly is a is probably a long time for to wait to be you know re-upped on training. So there's all kinds of you know potential friction points or lag times in standing up a new unit. Acquiring the stuff is is one. Getting the people properly trained and staying up to date is one. Some of it is just information flow, right? So I was walking through the spaces earlier this week and I overheard you guys telling a story and I I kind of chuckled, but I also kind of shook my head, right? So we can talk in a couple minutes. You guys did a. a a couple data extractions in the last week, week and a half that you were very excited about and very proud of. Um, and you communicated your success to your supervisory group and your command group. Um, and ironically, the guy you communicated your success to is also relatively newly promoted. You just maybe didn't read his email. right? So, But you happened to mention that you had a colleague walking by who had told you that they were applying for a warrant to do some digital extraction. And you're like, yeah, you know, let me know. And so you asked them and they're like, oh yeah, I have the warrant. I'm sitting on the warrant. But they hadn't brought you the device. Because they didn't know that you were up and running. Right. They, they just announced that they did this successful extraction, right? What did you think they did it with? Right. Um, but so you actually, we had a case waiting in the queue mm -hmm. because somebody was confused about the timing of your capability rollout. Right, so we're itching to take on any type of, and we have a, a large amount of digital evidence coming in, but we were itching to, you know, start operating on some of the hardware that we had up and going, and uh, yeah, it was, he wasn't aware at the time, I guess, that we had been up and running or operational, which it's uh, probably, probably my fault as well. I should have pushed out an email saying that we were ready to go, but um, we did take care of that though now, so it's good, <laughs> it's good and working. And So the, the massive massively disappointing after looking in the boxes no massive the massive computer shows up gets installed it gets set up and within a day or two you guys are ready to take a crack at this thing right right so you're it's going to be a data extraction from a cell phone correct and i don't know all the i don't know all the technical jargon or whatever but it was it was locked so you guys had to brute force this thing you got to break into this cell phone right and it's without getting too in depth with it locked cell phones that are generally powered off or, or a little bit more difficult because of some of the operating systems so this was the circumstance with that phone okay and so uh, in the past if we had had to send this over to the digital evidence unit with our colleagues and it went into the queue and they had to put it on the list and eventually do a, a, a attempt to crack it and extract it how long do you think in, in no fault of the CPAC unit, but it would probably take a quick estimate to come back on us would be a couple months. Couple months. So when you hook this thing up, and we're just going to say hook it up because I have no idea what that <laughs> actually looks like. In your mind, how long did you think it was going to take? Well, a month, <laughs> just based on experience from from sending phones over to across the street there at CPAC. And when you hit go, how long yeah. before the extraction was done? It took about, I'd say, less than an hour. 45 minutes, I'd say. 45 minutes. Correct. From, so from several months to 45 minutes, and you now have the data you need to start analyzing to move forward with this case. Yep. I, I want to, a little visual for everybody that's listening is, we the space that we have right now, it's uh, it's not massive, but myself, Captain Trapani, retired Captain Trapani, and uh, Gary Munn were all... I think as close as we could get around that, everybody wanted to get their hands on. Use, Mindful of COVID restrictions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, uh, everybody was trying to get their hands on utilizing the, uh, the hardware first. So, but yeah, it took, it was about 45 minutes. It's, that's, you know, 
important for, for many reasons, but one is if we're working a major investigation that requires some evidence quickly that we can make a decision on or we or you know, safety wise, that's that's huge than the uh than the turnaround that we were that we were having. So from several months to forty five minutes is a it, it it's an exponential gain in efficiency. I can't even there's no way to actually put a multiplier on that. Um because you don't, we don't know what the actual several months would be. We could three, four, five, six. We have no idea. But in forty-five minutes, you have the information and the data you need to now move this case forward. Correct. That's huge. How many devices have you processed, including that one, since standing the equipment up? I believe we've had maybe seven successful. Every, I think maybe one that has been not as successful as we had hoped, and it happens with technology, but. Um, seven successful so far which is it's a it's a great number we're hoping for you know and you haven't been up two weeks yet no correct <laughs> <laughs> so the extraction and it takes some time to there's there's massive amounts of data that are coming off of these cell phones nowadays this is for people that know some you know computer technology it's like hundreds and hundreds of gigabytes of data that is coming off a phone so it takes a while to go through that but um, you know, seven successful extractions in, in less than two weeks. It's a, it's a huge accomplishment for the team. I'm proud of them. So what's next? So we have training for the department. So we talked about uh, the department being aware of what we can do. It's, it's important to provide training to the department so that, you know, patrol, traffic, drug unit, the detective bureau, uh, community, you know, community services that the, the department offers everybody knows what we can offer for um, you know our services we have we've spoken about a couple different pieces of tech for documentation of crime scenes i know you spoke about it at one of the coffees with a cop with um some some drone ideas or tethered drones i know that's something that you that you are interested in um we you know, we can we were previously already trained in some uh you know, aspects of digital, you know, forensic technology that we didn't didn't require hardware. It was all, um, you know, cloud-based services. We maintained all those. That's like for such as uh, cell phone mapping and such. Um, so we do provide all those services. And again, technology changes daily. So we're always on, on you know, keeping an ear out for what is coming and what is, uh, you know, try to get ahead of that if you can. It's it's fun, but it's ever changing. It's uh, <laughs> you got to stay up to constant, yeah. constantly changing, right? Yeah. I just you know we we've got some open cases that we can't get into a ton of detail about. Um, but we we've alluded to some of this, right? So, without getting any details of the case, um, CCTV surveillance video from businesses, right? A couple significant cases that we've they're closed, but they. They haven't been disposed of yet, so we can't talk about the details. That we couldn't have made those cases if we didn't recover that video. Right? Um, just uh, It was the right camera angle. It was looking at the right place. Uh, assisting the state police detective unit wasn't our case, but um, a recent homicide that we managed to go out and collect. So the state police case in another jurisdiction, but avenues of approach and egress from that location through our jurisdiction. And we managed to collect ring camera video right i mean um exterior looking cameras from residences that put a timeline together and put particular people in vehicles in particular places at a particular time um we mentioned um mr Muntz, mark gary g money 
he uh, has been instrumental. Project's not finished yet, but we have a lot of businesses and or residents who they're, they're frequently contacting us and saying, you know, something happened in my neighborhood. I think I have video. You can come look at it. Um, but we do it kind of on a case-by-case basis, and he's been instrumental in inventorying those known sources of video. So we're not waiting for them to contact us. We say, okay, this person has cooperated with us in the past. We know they have this capability. This is what we need to retrieve it so we can proactively go get there and put together a database of um, potential video sources. And then, you know, we're in the process of actually got the spreadsheet last night. Um, you know, we're in the process of implementing body cameras and, and cruiser cameras, and now we're going to have to be responsible for all that video evidence um that's one of the things that i know you know gary has been working on we're going to have disparate video coming in from unknown numbers of sources eventually that's all got to be in one usable place right it doesn't do us any good if we can't stitch the video together and tell one compelling story so now we've got to build out a capability internally for the digital evidence storage and somebody's got to manage that and how do we retrieve it and how do we train the people to stitch it and so the, all that stuff's going to be fascinating. It, the storage is, uh, and you've mentioned before at some city hall, some of the meetings with city council, but the storage is, a, is the hardware up front is expensive, but the storage is what's really, really expensive. You, really with expensive. law enforcement, you need to back up your backups, which yeah. generally need to be backed up as well. Yeah. And, they can't and realistically, and we've talked about it, we, we, we've been talking about our department camera programs, whether it be our own security at 39 Allen or, you know, looking at body camps going back 10 years. Um, we, we've stopped talking about on-premise. We just can't. There's not enough space or money for us to even consider owning those servers. It's got to go to the cloud, uh, particularly for the encryption and the security. Uh, but was, there wouldn't be enough space for us to do it. Right. And it's, you know, it, that's unfortunate. One of the fortunate aspects of technology. And it's going to it's Things are only getting bigger and bigger with the amount of data that, that we're extracting. So, unfortunately, the amount of backups we'll need are will also need to be larger and larger as well. You were talking about the first cell phone. Extra no, I'm sorry. That one was done. That was a lot of data. You were talking about the second one you were getting ready to perform and how much data you thought was going to come off of that. I don't know that I'd ever heard a number that big. <laughs> yeah, it's hundreds and hundreds of gigabytes. You yeah. wouldn't think that, that people would have that much yeah. to, to Off store. of a device you carry in your pocket. Right. Yep. Some people carry more than one. Yep. I mean, All social right. media is extremely, we, we do a lot of that as well. Everybody has social media nowadays, so that's important for our unit as well. All right, we are just about out of time. Coming up on the tail end here, we have a habit and tradition we've been trying to get back into as as uh, we kind of maintain continuity in the organization of the show. Lieutenant Hill. Yes, sir. Plans for the weekend. Uh, maybe going up to the fair that's up in uh, Saratoga and getting some barbecue. little barbecue at the fair. Saratoga for the fair, not for the track? I'm not a horse guy. <laughs> little known fact, I have been to the track in Saratoga only for, like, inspection and, and visiting. I've never been to a horse race there. I have no idea. It's not something in my experience. No? People ask, they're like, you want to go to Saratoga? I've never been. No <laughs> idea. Plans for the weekend? I think uh, it's supposed to be a hot one, but I believe we're, we're possibly trying to take uh, my wife and the kids are looking to go to Tanglewood for uh, I believe they have a kids concert this weekend, an earlier concert for some earlier kids. Earlier concert? Okay. The heat, though, may uh, yeah. put a damper on that. Hopefully it cools <laughs> down a little bit for the weekend. I think we're I think we're at the top of the heat index right now. Yeah. See, this has been crazy. We yeah. And it's, it's one of those things, right? So uh, we had a department head meeting, like, 
are we in a, you know, I don't even know what to call it. Um, are we are we at the three days over 90, right? Do we have to clear this? And we're not quite there, right? It's been like 87, 89. Like, listen, it's hot. I don't really care if it hits that magic number. We have to be careful. It's just too damn hot. Right. So everybody be careful in the heat. Stay hydrated. Wear loose, light-colored clothes. Get inside if you can. Check on your neighbors. It's a beautiful time to be here in the Berkshires, but it's dangerously hot, so don't take chances. You have been listening to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 9.7 FM. Next week will be a recorded episode because I'll be on the beach, and Lieutenant Hill doesn't want to host by himself yet, <laughs> so we'll get there. Uh, we'll be back the week after that. So until then, be safe, be healthy, but most importantly, be kind. We're 10-8.